And welcome to Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. That, by the way, is Japanese for you will not get the tiger's cub without entering into the tiger's den. Roughly equivalent to nothing ventured, nothing gained. As our drivers ventured out into the wet, into the unknown for maybe a championship deciding race. Danny O'Dwyer, you are with me. Um, I am, by the way, Drew Scanlon. (laughs) <laughs> you chose that phrase for me, and it's maybe one of the longest ones I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, that was the first time I got to choose one, which is great. And then I was like, I don't yeah. know how you pick these, because these all seem very hard and difficult to say. Uh, so I, I guess by accident, I picked the the toughest one, but very appropriate considering all of the battles and all of the danger and all of the madness that went on during this Japanese Grand Prix. Yes, yeah, speaking of madness, Rob Zachney is on assignment this week, uh, but we're going to hold it down. Uh, for young Rob, if you're new to this podcast, a very warm welcome to you. And if you're new to Formula One itself, we've got an episode just for you. Our preseason primer uh, assumes no prior F1 knowledge and explains how the sport works and who everybody is. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that, it's episode 178. Also, this show is supported entirely by our audience over at patreon.com slash shift F1, where every month we release bonus podcasts and videos exclusively for our patrons that cover racing documentaries and films, F1 video games, experiments with other racing series and a lot of weird things so if you'd like to support the show and get access to all that fun stuff head over to patreon.com slash shift f1 or click the link in the show notes what's going on in patreon land this month danny uh, we put up our episode on truth in 24 the documentary about audi's uh, 2008 24 hour of le mans and uh yeah that's up so you can go listen to it right now i'm not sure if we're gonna do truth in 24 two truth harder but um we'll have plenty more stuff at the patron feed over the coming months including this month as well uh, because this is not this month this was last month because i was a little bit tardy at the end of uh, october or september uh, and a massive thank you to all of our incredible title sponsors kick at you of the art ash team blackjack michael maves gordy's army at Talking Autos, Olivia Evans, Pyrites, Card Castle, Iron Station Studios, Alan McCrary, Telemetry Deck is below the cost cap, costcap.com, <coughs> David Mule, Drew Stewart, Bailey Foote, Abdullah Althani, Jason Chadwick, Abraham Getchell, Enzo and Ayrton, hashtag Bunny Slimes. Sniggs, Alex Goucher, Max Valtar, Circuit Demon, Troy Stammer, Humberto Roca, William Romph, Irvine Clinical Research... Lachlan, the maddened man, my favorite Elden Ring character, and Jason <laughs> Kelly. Fantastic. Uh, my laptops fans have just kicked on here, so terrific. Hoping that uh, it's 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 ready for. <laughs> it is also going to have a hard time with the Japanese Grand Yeah, Prix. my my GPU is creating small black dots all over my screen right now, which makes me feel oh, very man. very terrified. So hopefully, I will will get through this. Just like the drivers venturing out into the Suzuka rain, we just hope to see the the checkered flag. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, let's start with the grid here. There was an incident in Q3 where Verstappen was lighting up his tires and skidded sideways while Norris was trying to overtake him on track. And had to take evasive action, but the stewards only issued Verstappen a reprimand. Good for him because he qualified in pole position. Yeah. Just ahead of Charles Leclerc in second, Carlos Sainz in third, and we got Sergio Perez in fourth, Esteban Ocon in fifth, Lewis Hamilton uh, in sixth, although the Mercedeses did make noises like they were going to do well here, uh, but Lewis Hamilton only qualified in sixth. Uh, Fernando Alonso in seventh, and uh, the other Mercedes, George Russell in eighth, Sebastian Vettel in ninth. Got to Q3, qualified in ninth position in his Aston Martin, which is a feat in itself. I also said, Arigato gozaimasu, Suzuka, to the fans there. Sebastian Vettel, big fan of Japan. Yeah. Uh, Lando Norris rounding out the top 10. Uh, behind them, we've got Ricardo, Botas, Yuki Tsunoda in his home race. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu in his first ever uh, Japanese Grand Prix and Mick Schumacher also his first Japanese Grand Prix he crashed in the wet and free practice one and replaced the chassis yeah he uh, crashed a it, big it, job it was over practice was over I was watching a live he was driving back to the pits so um kind of an embarrassing you know considering he's fighting for his seat basically at the moment um, yeah not awesome for Mick it was a weird practice was fun and qualifying was fun because you got to watch it well at least for us on the west coast it was at like 10 o'clock and stuff nine o'clock it was awesome um but uh much of the practice it should be mentioned was was fairly rained out too so they 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 kind of came into this race a little bit less prepared than they would have liked to 
Yes. Alex Albin starts 16th. Kevin Magnuson, 17th. Lance Stroll, 18th. Nicholas Latifi, 19th. Heat. <laughs> Do you see this? Uh, I think it was uh, practice two, maybe. Uh, he took a wrong turn. Okay. Mm, okay. Which I've always wondered about because, like, you know, the, a lot of circuits have different configurations, right, for different racing series. Yeah. Like, Abu, that was the MotoGP version. Totally. But Abu, sometimes. Abu Dhabi, you know, we've seen people dive in the wrong one there sometimes. Yeah, you know, looking especially something like, you know, the French track where it's just all roads. I don't, you know, it's, yeah. it seems difficult sometimes to keep it straight. And Nicholas Latifi did not. Uh, and then <laughs> I don't know if this is like a mismatch with the radio, like whether the radio comes on before, you know, uh, what you see actually happens. But <laughs> right. he turns, he takes a wrong turn and then goes, uh, not sure what happened there. The uh, the car, uh, real strange. <laughs> <laughs> the start of an interesting week for our boy Latifi. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, and then starting 20th, they're actually from the pit lane. Uh, Pierre Gasly, um, he had a bad qualifying. He has some brake trouble. I think uh, both Alpha Tauris did. Uh, he qualified 17th, but then they changed his rear wing uh, under park firm conditions, and it was not a like-for-like like part, so he will have to start from mm. the pit lane. Uh, but as you mentioned, Danny, it's been sort of a wet weekend, and indeed, it was for the start of the race. Everybody's starting on intermediate tires. Do you want to take us through the start here? Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember if the start itself was delayed. I think it might have been. I can't remember. Um, so much happened in this race, but for sure... Um, uh, once it did start, the question was whether or not it would start behind a safety car or not. And then suddenly it was kind of like, no, we're not going to start. We're just going to go for it. We're okay. We're going to, all right, let's, everyone, let's go. And <clears throat> boy, oh boy, what a, what a action-packed first lap. And yeah, everything else. Um, so Verstappen and Leclerc, first of all, Leclerc gets a decent start. Verstappen doesn't so much. He gets bogged down a little bit, but there's an incredible effort around that first turn at Suzuka. Oh. The you know flashes of uh, title-ending crashes whiz past a veteran F1 viewers' brains as uh, yeah. they saw Verstappen go around the outside of Leclerc on that turn to retain I the was position. Really impressed, like what a brave, amazing move! But also shocked that he took that risk. Yeah, hey, look, man, if they both go out, I think it probably serves him better, right? That's, that's you know, <laughs> Ayrton Senna, Alain Prost, or. You know, take your pick. Um, I think, uh, but it was, you know, they both did really well, especially, I mean, in the rain where you can just get a snap, you know, of understeer at any stage, you know, really impressive stuff um, from the two of them. Uh, some veterans having a similar little battle in the background was uh, Sebastian Vettel, who caught a great start uh, and then eventually, you know, w- was catching up on um, the car in front of him. To the point where he, he caught he he drove to the left of that car to try and get a bit of clear track because he was uh, he was otherwise he was going to drive into the back of them. Of course, by doing that, he ends up on the wettest, coldest part of the entire track. Um, gets a little bit wigglish, kind of ends up snapping into the right. I think it was unforced his little movement into the right because he basically tapped. He kind of rammed into Alonso. It was mostly Vettel's fault, I think. Um, and Vettel ends up uh, taking to the escape road or kind of the runoff there, I guess, um, before rejoining the back of the the field. Um, further up, we had more action. Alex Albon had a failure of some description, which meant he turned off, uh, turned over. Um, Zhou Yu had a spin uh, a little bit further up the track um, as well, which resulted in him going back. And then the biggest piece of the the action of that first lap was in the middle of sector two when Carlos Sainz who was fighting for third um uh, are you know the other two are already sort of running away a little bit off the road and in a relatively straight part of the track actually um he clearly something aquaplaned or a river or something caught him and uh he twisted the lost back of the car which ended up twisting him into uh, the hoarding to the left side of the track, releasing some of the hoarding, which an unfortunate last place. Well, actually, probably by that point, maybe third last <laughs> because of all the action that's happened in front of him. Uh, starting from the pit lane, Pierre Gasly ends up catching some of that uh, advertising hoarding being driving down the street with it, not being able to see anything. Um, signs is out of it. Thankfully, he didn't collect anyone else because he did sort of arrive back on the track slightly. And... Uh, not soon after that, let's say, they they pull out the safety car and eventually the race gets red flagged. 
Yes. Yeah. Great description of that first lap. Uh, I was watching the uh, F1's, um, I think it was the, the radio, the radio supercut that they do on their YouTube channel. And when the safety car comes out, uh, the, in the, in the supercut, it, they have some like, you know, robotic British lady that says safety car deployed. Stay positive. That's new. That's um, uh, Ferrari have that. I think it's only Ferrari, maybe. Oh, um, okay. Th- and that is that is new this weekend. They they were talking about it during practice. Oh, wow. All yeah. right, cool. Well, uh, I will link that in the show notes if you want to hear it. It's very, uh, it's very my my um, <laughs> point of reference for this stuff is Extreme G. Do you remember that racing game no. for, for the what? Nintendo sixty four? Is there like a lady voice that says something? Yes. Every every weapon you pick up, she's like missiles. Oh, brilliant! Rockies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a British accent. Yeah, it's, it's like great. please put the items in the bagging area. <laughs> uh, yes, the safety car turns into a red flag, uh, but interestingly, mm. um, scarily, horrifyingly, yeah. Uh, as the red flag comes out, cars are still on track, have not yet made it back to the pit, and in fact, Pierre Gasly, who had pitted, was trying to catch up with the field. Um, uh, to get to the back of the safety car line, uh, passes a tractor mm. uh, that's just off the track, maybe a little bit on the track. It is really close to his racing line, um, and uh, you, I'll, I'll link a, a YouTube chant or a YouTube clip uh, in the in the uh, show notes so you can see uh, just how close he is and his response on the radio. Like, what? Why is that tractor there? Um, you know. M- it's not an official F1 <laughs> clip, so who knows if the, the clip right. will still be there when you click on it. But anyway, he races really close to it and is uh, justifiably angry that a tractor is that close to the track in such terrible conditions because uh, it was uh, this track in the rain where a tractor came out on track uh, to recover another car that uh, F1 driver Jules Bianchi uh, lost control and... Uh, crashed into the tractor uh which uh caused a head injury and eventually um cost him his life so all the drivers are really tuned into suzuka rain and tractors yeah all of them justifiably extremely upset with this ghastly as it turns out uh was speeding uh not not when he passed the tractor but in in other corners uh, that earned him a 20-second time penalty um, uh, as a result of speeding under the red flag. But that doesn't change the fact that the tractor was there and extremely close to the racing line. Uh, and it did not stop dr- of the drivers from blasting the incident. Perez called it the lowest thing I've seen in years. Mm. Uh, Norris took to Twitter saying, WTF, how has this happened? We lost a life in this situation years ago. We risk our lives, especially in con- conditions like this. We want to race, but... This is unacceptable. Uh, Pierre Gasly himself on Twitter said, glad to go home safe tonight for the respect of Jules, all his family, and for our safety and that of the marshals. There should never be any tractor nor marshals on track in such conditions with such poor visibility, period. Uh, Carlos signs in a quote from racefans.net, I don't know if people understand, but even behind the safety car, we're going at 100 or 150 kilometers per hour. And still at those speeds, we see nothing even behind the safety car. So if one driver decides to get out of the racing line or has a small aquaplaning or has to change a switch on the steering wheel and goes a little bit out of line and hits the tractor, it's over. So uh, to my knowledge, no procedure was broken here. The tractor is allowed to come out and recover a car under safety car conditions, but that doesn't change the fact that the conditions made it incredibly difficult to see and dangerous. Ricardo said he didn't even see the tractor yeah. until he saw the replay. Yeah, he drove past it because a bunch of them drove past it while the tractor was driving down the the back. Wasn't the straight on one thirty R? I think it was somewhere in there. Uh, fastest part of the track. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of discourse immediately after this. Um, there was a lot of, I think, vagueness because, especially, you know, I don't want to. It's hard to pundit on a live race, but Paul DeResta and Corinne Chandock were sort of making the argument that Gasly was somewhat to blame for this. These are two completely separate incidents. He did, like, the, the law of the land on red flags is that you can't um, oh, you can't speed on them. 
And safety car is another one, but the red flag incidents because there can't be marshals on the track and he doesn't know where they might be. And that's completely true. Um, the truck thing is like insane. I, I was absolutely shocked. It, it took them maybe 25 minutes to show the truck on the, on the international broadcast. So you had Jensen Button and Crofty talking about Gasly freaking out in the car park or uh, in, the, in the garage car park <laughs> the most expensive car park in the world in the garage um, and they thought it was because of the advertising hoarding meanwhile oh. Twitter is circulating this video of him freaking out when a fucking sorry excuse my French truck drives past him and like when the race started anyone who remember who was watching that race in 2014 was thinking about that like I watched yeah. that race live I'm sure lots of people who are listening to this podcast watched the 2014 race live the thing we need to remember is that Jules Bianchi crashed. I th- wasn't there double waved yellows in his sector? He did yes. not crash under racing conditions. This isn't like, if you're new to F1, I can understand how, oh, when, when, it's, when, when we turn off the racing mode, everything's safe. That is not the case. Certainly not the case in the rain. Because in the rain, you're adding in tires get cold there's aquaplaning there's so many variables that can mess up with your car and can lead to i don't know a driver of the caliber of carlos Sainz crashing on a straight like he is one of the best drivers in the world that crash did not happen because he was fighting with somebody or because he took a turn wrong it happened because of track conditions those cars can lose control in any condition and in 2014 a young driver lost control and because of archaic rules they had, which back as far as 2000 and the 90s, Martin Brundle had been complaining about, the famous clip I had been complaining about, lots of people had said, why do we have tractors on? It makes no sense why you would have a recovery vehicle that is that like reinforced in the exact same place where somebody has just gone off the track. Doesn't Isn't that like a higher percentage place that someone else might go off the track? And then the, you know, the 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 sort of of course it happened moment was when Joel Bianchi had a repeated crash and of course instead of there being a barrier there a runoff there was a truck and a year later in hospital he he ends up succumbing to his injuries so the fact that it happened at all is insane the fact that it happened in Suzuka in the rain is absolutely abhorrent this there there has to be like we brought in the the Joel Bianchi's halo has saved. I don't know, you could argue Lewis Hamilton in Monza, you could argue Roman Grosjean in uh, the in the Sakir Grand Prix, uh, just to name two. I feel like there's been more over the years where we've oh, seen yeah. the Halo, you know, effectively save somebody's life or, or help them in, uh, avoid incredibly serious injury. To see a truck in... In that condi- this these conditions are worse. These are some of the worst racing conditions we've ever seen. The cars are traveling at speed, uh, even when they're under yellow flag, red flag, whatever flag. They're going fast, and they could be going zero miles an hour. And if a truck hits them, those guys are dead. So the idea that like his speed was contributing to it, his speed was academic at that stage. So. I don't understand how there'll be anything else. Other, I'm glad they just gave him the, the, the well, speeding fine for it. That's great. I don't understand how there can be any other thing than, look, it's not that important. If a red red flag, like, what were they what were they trying to get to him faster for? It's a red flag wet race. Like, we're not, we know we're not going to get back racing for like 40 minutes. You don't, you don't just turn the race back on when it, when a, it happens because of like advertising hoarding has been busted into and it's raining. There's no rush. So why? they were allowed to put the truck out that early when it's completely unnecessary. Just wait a minute. Wait till all the cars are past it. Yeah, I mean, I, I cars catching up to the back of the safety car pack going fast is a thing. That's within the rules. Yep. Even if Gasly didn't, you know, uh, break any speed rules, he still would have been doing that to get back to the safety car before the red flag uh, came out. And so... By that time, if the tractor's coming out, what I don't, I, yeah, I'm with yeah. you, Danny. I don't know how that happens. Like, why either we have some kind of stipulation in the, uh, the rules that says if people are on wet or intermediate tires, then we have to red flag it, uh, and then 
uh, send out a tractor, right? Um, or you you virtual safety car everybody until you can decide whether you're going to throw a red flag or not. Like the whole the virtual safety car came about because of Jules Bianchi. Right. Yes, you're right. And 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 it's not like there is clearly a procedural black hole here because we, we this sport in this sport if a driver uh has an engine problem, right? And they drive off to an escape road and they're not they're they it would be almost impossible for another car to crash and then hit them. Because they're not even parked in a place where they crashed. They they just went over there. When that happens, yellow flags are waved. But when a truck is on the track, they don't tell anyone. Like what? Like they didn't tell anyone. It's not like it's not like the drivers got like a like a. Oh, by the way, watch out for the truck that's going to be driving right. towards you. Like just you know, stay on one side of the road. I I can't. I need to look back at the other footage whether or not I'm wrong or not. But it looked like when. They showed the other drivers that the truck had was literally driving on the the track. It's hard to tell at speed. I could be wrong. Maybe it was just parked there. In any case, like, could you imagine? <laughs> like, like, what yeah. are we talking about here? There's a truck on the track, and you're not letting the drivers know, and a zero visibility. And it should be mentioned that in all those um, uh, feeds that we're watching, we are watching the camera pod on top, which has four or five times the visibility of the drivers having the car at that stage. Pierre Gasly literally could not see out of his car when the, when the advertising hoarding went in front of him in front of him because they're so low and the amount of spray that they're having, they just don't have it. And like even the truck's lights were on and you, it looks like they're not on. It's so bad the rain is. Right. Yeah. So it's absolutely insane. I cannot, like I'm ashamed of the sport over this. Like this is so sickening. If you could, could you imagine being Jules Bianchi's parents watching this? Like oh, this is yeah. absolutely on unacceptable and they, they, there needs to be some sort of like procedural change that comes through imagine this. if something had happened it's like a, the heads that would roll yeah i i think this is nothing i think something did happen you know what i mean like like yeah it's not it's not like they got away with it i think this is and seeing the reaction from and pierre gasly doesn't deserve that pierre gasly's gone through enough like like, Jill Bianchi was somebody that a lot of those French drivers were friendly with and look up to and could easily have, you know, was pegged for a Ferrari seat and was too young and lost his life and was part of that small community. Pierre Gasly already lost one of his friends, Antoine Hubert, in that crash in Spa. Like, the fr- those guys have had enough happen to them without this. Like, his response is completely acceptable. Like, oh, understandable. Yeah. Like, I, I, I felt bad for him. I was like, don't send him back out there. The poor guy's been like, you know, he's, he probably just needs to sit down for the rest of the day. But, um, yeah, then there, something needs to happen. It's not, it's not okay. That was not okay at all. Yeah, the FIA has said that there will be an investigation. Um, a thorough review of the incident. Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. Great. Uh, so I, I guess, guess that's all they can I say for we'll now. Say. They need to figure yeah. out what exactly happened. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. We read flag for a long time and we're getting to, we got, we get to the point where, so there is a, there's a two hour limit on the duration that a race can go. Uh, and I think we, we went, we hit that with Singapore um, so at the Singapore Grand Prix, you saw like time ticking down rather than laps. Um, but that two hour race must happen within a three hour window. And with the red flag, and uh, again, Danny, I'm also not sure if they, they uh, delayed the start. Uh, I watched it in the mm. replay. Um, we are now butting up against that three hour limit. So the race restarts. We get a rolling restart with 40 minutes on the clock. Yeah, they, uh, so they attempted it, but maybe thirty minutes earlier, and cancelled it with like two minutes left. <laughs> yeah, and, and and then and then they have to give a ten minute heads up when they're going to start, and it was like, will there be any racing? Yeah, uh, everybody on full wets. Uh, we're essentially getting a, a sprint race here. Um, so we re- we do a rolling restart. Latifi and Vettel pit for intermediate mm. tires immediately. Uh, they're at the back of the field, fifteen and sixteen. Almost crash um, getting coming back out <laughs> to deal with them. Yeah, uh, but they they do pit. Um, the front of the field pits a few laps later. Alonso and Ricardo go one more lap, but it's Mick Schumacher that stays out uh, in case of another safety car uh, taking the lead of the race. <laughs> God, um, 
Why not? Although it only takes a couple of minutes for Verstappen to catch him and retake the lead. Uh, but Schumacher stays out there for a while, making the rest of the leaders navigate around him, which is totally his prerogative. I, I kind of like this gamble. Yeah, well, go for it. If they got a safety car, he's laughing. You know what I mean? If exactly. There's a crash, if there's a crash and the race doesn't start again, Mick Schumacher gets on a podium. Like 100% right. legitimate strategy, 100%. Wet races yeah. are just wacky races. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, but after the field has cycled through all their pit stops, the, the early stops for Vettel and Latifi pay off, and they end up in sixth and eighth, respectively. Mm. Uh, but on lap 14, the only one really doing any passing here for a while is Russell, who gets Sunoda and Norris in successive nice, laps. Nice move. Nice move. Oh, <laughs> did you see, great did, moves. Did you see him say that to himself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he came with the, over the radio. It's like nobody in his engineering said like, hey, great, great move there. So he just came on himself and went, nice move that. <laughs> I like that. I liked it. It was a nice move. Yeah. It, was around the, it was around the first Degna, I think, he overtook uh, yeah. Yuki. It was uh, nuts. Kind of the the S's, and then he got the uh, into the chicane on Norris, I think. Nice uh, into into ninth place, but yeah, Formula One driver is not the most humble of people. <laughs> got to big yourself uh, and then up. We do kind of go ahead. You just got to big yourself up, you know. Hey, absolutely. Yeah, it's hey. probably wet and tired. And Be your own it. champion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we do get a couple long term battles. Hamilton gets stuck behind Ocon, who's sitting in fourth, and we stay with them for a while as Hamilton gets really close. Oh man! But then when he pops out from behind Ocon to try and overtake, he actually slows down in the free air. Yeah, it's like hitting a wall. It's really interesting to watch he makes a good attempt at 130r with around 14 minutes to go but the mercedes just does not have the straight line speed to do it and it was painfully apparent yeah we, uh, in this case we never got drs open of course you know during this whole period True. either um suzuka is a tricky track to overtake on um not sure if i talked about that all too much last week on the track walk but that that back straight is kind of the only spot to do it um and uh it was a really good case of hamilton harrying a driver to try and get them to make a mistake and if there's yeah. one thing we've learned from about esteban o'con over the years especially when he won that race uh dude's got like a calm head on his shoulders when he needs it he doesn't balk and he did a great job of keeping the you know seven-time world champion behind him yeah uh perez is also hounding leclerc for quite a while leclerc in second um and on the last lap closes the gap with the squeeze up the inside which is a great move uh and then at the chicane leclerc uh is ahead and can't make the turn he cuts the corner while perez stays on track and then leclerc rejoins Perez has to avoid, and then they cross the finish line with Leclerc in front. We'll yeah. come back to that. <laughs> uh, but there was another last lap oh, battle that was so not good. shown on TV. It wasn't. It should have been. Good uh, There is a link to uh, the Vettel and Alonso battle for sixth that I will link uh, on uh, in the show notes. F1 did make a, a cut of that on their Twitter account. So into the chicane they go. Alonso pulls ahead and takes the inside of the first right-hander, but then Vettel shoots up the inside of the next left-hander, and they bang wheels. Uh, Alonso then pulls ahead because he's got the advantage into the next right-hand turn, but Vettel pulls back up, and they drag race to the line. (laughs) Vettel pulling ahead by 11 thousandths of a second. Amazing. To beat Alonso. So good. And Vettel was talking about how much he loves this track all weekend. And I'm yeah. sure after when I saw the spin on the background uh, of the first lap, I was like, no, don't have Vettel go out. Like, I was like so happy that at least the race started because that'd be sad if he could, didn't get to race here one last time. He kind of said his goodbyes after quality, which was quite sweet. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he said he'll be perpetually ready in case any F1 team needs to fill a seat for Suzuka. He can jump in, he said. <laughs> um, but what a great little battle, totally. Um, that was very cool to see. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, he he also, uh, and a lot of drivers were a little confused about whether the race had ended. Yeah, Hamilton and them kept going. <laughs> yeah, kept and going. Ocon, uh, yeah, um, he said like, uh, uh, <laughs> he's, he's still fighting, <laughs> are, are we ended? And then the... Uh, his engineer said, yeah, oh, keep fighting. And then, no, no okay, we're, we're actually good. Yeah, in fact, there was um, just confusion across the board. If Because one of, and we'll get to this in a second, but one of the confusing things that was happening was the allocation of points 
which was a big, yes. um, you know, talking point. Because, because, of course, Spa last year was a bit silly because they gave half point. They gave half points, right? Because uh, yes, so they brought in a stipulation where there's basically a sort of a there's a double tier now. It used to be if you didn't race seventy five percent of the race, I think it was, it was half points, and then if it was over seventy five percent of the race, you got full points. Um, but then they brought in a stipulation because they were like, well, we can't do it if you didn't race at all. Should you get half points? That doesn't seem now right it's by either. quarters. Yeah, so, so now it's like com- yeah. If you've completed two laps, uh, but it's less than 25% of the race distance, the winner gets six points. And for each of these scenarios, it tapers down. Right. Then it's like um, half points for 50, is it? Uh, and so for races that are between 25 and 50%, the winner gets 13 points. Between 50% and 75, it's 19 points. Okay. And then anything more than 75 is full points. Cool. So, so I- we don't even really know... Uh, how many points everyone's going to get and well, what it means for the championship. Because I think everyone had a misunderstanding of how that rule is implemented. Because all of that is basically moot in this scenario. Because Well, I'll get to that. Okay, okay. So from here, I'm going to explain what we saw on TV. Yes, okay, that's because fair. That's fair, yeah. A lot of times uh, I like turn off the TV <laughs> as soon as they cross the line. Okay. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let's interview. But I, you know, I decided to watch this time. Johnny Herbert is interviewing Verstappen about winning the race. Um, by the way, maybe I should uh, go to the the result here. Max Verstappen wins, um, <laughs> just clocking everyone. Twenty seven <laughs> seconds, he yeah. finishes a champion. A champion's um, race, you know, he did it. You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Leclerc finishes in second, and then Perez. Uh, then we got Esteban Ocon in fourth, Lewis Hamilton fifth, then uh, Sebastian Vettel sixth, Fernando Alonso seventh, George Russell eighth, Nicholas Latifi ninth. Hey, points for Nicholas Latifi. Congrats. Uh, 10th place is Lando Norris. And then we've got uh, Ricardo, Stroll, Sunoda, Magnussen, uh, Botas in 15th. Then Joe, Schumacher, and Gasly. And uh, Carlos Sainz and Alex Albon uh, were the DNFs. Mm. Um, okay, so Herbert is interviewing Verstappen about winning the race. Then we go to Perez. And during Perez's interview... Herbert tells Perez that Leclerc gets a five-second penalty for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. Yes. Elevating Perez to second and dropping Leclerc to third. And just my little point in that, I do think that the worst the, the worst part of that was Leclerc basically blocking off Checo on the final turn. That was yeah. where he got the advantage. It was mostly, like, if he had kept driving, they probably would have just let it go because um, Perez would have overtaken him. But he basically <laughs> shut the door on Perez. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then Johnny Herbert brings Verstappen back in and tells him that he's the world champion and he really kind of undersells it. He's like, Max, world champion. Uh, but then eventually his his team goes nuts and then Verstappen jumps into their arms. I'm, I'm not a huge Johnny Herbert fan. This is an impossible position for Johnny Herbert. Could you imagine (laughs) being like in a scenario where someone's whispering in your ear? Oh, by the way, this has happened. Like, it's like somebody like giving out the Oscar for best film. And then someone in their ear says, no, actually, it's not Amistad. It's something else. Something else. I mean, there were a lot of shades of that. It's, but it's impo- like, what's he supposed to do? Like, it's not like Johnny Herbert can press the button for the fireworks and make, make the whole thing happen. He has. I'm to- just saying he could have intoned <laughs> a little bit. And Max Verstappen, you are the world champion. I don't yeah, know. Maybe that's maybe. not Herbert's jam. But um, yeah. <laughs> so, so then Herbert interviews Leclerc, who does not seem as crushed as I thought he might be, because that's like he was, you know in contention for the championship until this, but this like, very moment. But like, yeah, but like, also, but like, like really. exactly. That, that I think that's yeah. the thing that like, Max Verstappen knew he was the champion like th- three weeks ago. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but definitely the weirdest part is in the cool down room oh, yeah. with Verstappen, Perez, and Leclerc waiting to go on the podium. Uh, they're watching highlights and talking about the race, which is always fascinating to me, uh, including Perez saying, to Verstappen, uh, the crane, and Verstappen's like, "Yep, yeah," uh, which you know we discussed. Um, but after a minute or so, a, an F one staff member, <laughs> and it's the guy that I think you know tells the drivers what to do for the media stuff. I can't right. remember his name, um, but he's always very sharply dressed. Uh, he gestures to a door that says "reserved for world champion," and Max says, uh, "But I'm not. No, 
So apparently from the time that Herbert said that to Verstappen being in the school room, someone was like, it's not actually, no, what he said was wrong. You're not actually yeah. <laughs> next year or next, next race will be it. Um, and then the guy off screen says, yes, you are. And Verstappen says, you sure? Cause people keep telling me different things. And so he walks into this tiny room uh, where there's just a large <laughs> red chair with like fake fur on it opposite a video wall that is showing footage of the championship trophy. So he sits there staring at this video wall like an episode of Black Mirror, uh, drumming his fingers <laughs> for, I counted, 23 seconds. And then he says, I feel a bit lonely. Yeah. And goes back to the cool down room. It yeah. was such it was so a strange. strange moment. F1's so strange. I do wonder if, because the thing that was crossing my mind was, is Perez still in contention? Because he got dro- second driver points. And I wasn't thinking about that. So I was like, oh, is that what's happened? Is that like Red Bull have won it for sure. Leclerc can't, but but Perez is out of it. But the thing, it seems like the thing that was throwing everyone. I'm not, I can't tell because on the international broadcast feed, they Crofty kept bringing up the race length and I thought I was crazy because I was like I don't think it matters if the track if the race ends under a checkered flag I think that's if the race is stopped because of a red flag you're exactly right yeah. so Autosport has a good uh, um, breakdown here with the Japanese GP running to 28 laps just more than 52% many had been under the impression that Verstappen would get 19 points for his win with Perez getting 14 for second and Leclerc 12th for third if that were the case, then the final result at Suzuka, uh, once Leclerc's five-second penalty was applied, would have left Verstappen one point short of what he needed. The FIA later clarified, quote, The rules regarding the reduced point allocation only apply in the event of a race suspension that cannot be resumed. Right. And therefore, full points are awarded and Max Verstappen is world champion. So our race was resumed. And it ran to the end. Yeah. It's just that the end was truncated due to the time limit. Yeah, the end was the exactly what you said before, which was the it was the it was the two hour one in the end, right? What was it? No, it was the three hour one. It was actually, three hours. Yeah, it was the three hour yeah. this needs to be done before the sun sets. Um <laughs> time It was limit. getting dark. It was getting dark, yeah, especially with all those clouds. Yeah, because my brain was going back to Canada twenty eleven. Because all those permutations were happening then, because they kept red flagging the race, and they weren't sure if they could restart the race. But I think that's always been the case. Is that that the is that the points thing only happens if you the race, like you said, does not actually finish. This race finished. This race right. went on for three hours. I know it looks like it didn't finish because we only did twenty nine whatever laps, but it, it was a full race. You were watching it for three hours. Like that's a race. Right. It's done. We just had to shorten it because you can't have. Cars drive and Suzuka like is actually one of the weird. It, it is a track with floodlights. Where it is, I think maybe the only daytime track we race on that does actually have floodlights. I don't think you can race it at nighttime, but the floodlights were on. So so that's yeah. how much better it was there. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so I don't know. I think there was a lot of confusion because there was that. I would maybe was one of the only people who was worried about the Perez permutation more than anything else. I didn't have the math in front of me, but. In any way, like we said, Verstappen had this championship, you know, save short of him having some sort of like injury that would stop him from racing. He had this whole thing locked up and uh, we'll get into it in the news, but also all the cost cap stuff was academic as well. He is the champion. He is the two time uh, champion. And hopefully there's no asterisks over this one. <laughs> it doesn't seem like. There yeah, is. well, 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 we'll we'll get to the news. But before we get to the cost cap stuff. Uh, we got some driver news, Danny. Yes, we do. Uh, a couple of the, the lemon dance continues, but a couple of a uh, couple of the lemons have found their, I don't know, lemon hole. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there's there's an analogy to went straight into the ground. Um, yes, Pierre Gasly has been confirmed at Alpine, French driver, French team. French, French teammate who uh, he has been driving alongside since he was like six years old. Um, bit of a more fracturous relationship, it's fair to say, uh, in their adult lives. Um, hopefully, they will be able to put that behind them and uh, and and be adults and and get on well. But I suspect we'll have some very interesting teammate fireworks between Gasly and Ocon over at Alpine. Um, yeah, good match, good team, makes complete sense. He needed to get out of the Red Bull world he was never going to get that seat back at the big team i think this is a smart move alpine or one of those teams where you never quite know every year if they're going to have a really good car this year actually um 
kind of like McLaren as well. Um, we also had was it uh, Nick DeVries going to AlphaTauri, filling in that uh, that seat, um, which uh, seems like a a good fit. Uh, we uh, basically what that means for Ricardo is that he very there's the, the it's almost odds on that he won't have a drive next year. Apparently, he's been talking to Mercedes and Red Bull about being a third driver about doing some testing, maybe some practice, that type of stuff. Um, We'll have to see if either of those uh, work out. There's still uh, question marks over the second-seeded Williams and at Haas. Mick Schumacher is fighting for his one there. Uh, Obviously, Nicholas Latifi. um, I'm not sure if we talked about this last week. He's he's out. Yeah, he's out. We did. Okay, he's out. Um, But hey, doesn't matter because he did it, baby. He did it. Nicholas Latifi. What 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 did he get ninth? Was it? I can't believe that went over. Yeah, he got two points. I forgot to mention it. Yeah, Nicholas Latifi. So all the Nicholas Latifi goat memes were uh, were flying around Twitter after he finally got his points, so he can he can shake off the the ghost of Nico Hulkenberg. I guess now. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's it, it. Looks like a healthy grid for next year. Dan Ricardo, more and more that move away from um, uh, Alpine seems like it wasn't great. Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to say about the Ricardo stuff, which I found quite interesting. There was a, a during practice one, they had the head of Pirelli on the Sky Sports feed, on the international feed. And um, it was absolutely fascinating. He was on for about an hour and he basically answered all the questions they had about tires. And um, if you can go back, if you're interested at all, stick on F1 TV, go to the international feed and take a listen because it was it was super interesting to hear all, all of his insights huh. into it. Um, one of the things he came up, he talked about though, was when they're developing the new tire, was that they were supposed to do, I think it was practice two, actually, sorry, on, on Friday, um, or I guess Thursday night for us here in the West Coast, um, they were going to do a, a 2023 t- a tire test. This is kind of um, how they've decided to do with the teams that they'll, t- they'll do it over practice sessions instead of dragging them out to Barcelona three times a year or whatever. Um, but they couldn't because of the rain. So it was cancelled. Um, but what he was talking about with the tires, he was getting re- into real detail on it. And they said one of the things that they were trying to fix was... Um, the amount, I believe it's the amount of oversteer that these cars have and that the new tires that they brought in have presented that um, problem. It's almost unilateral with all the teams and that they're trying to basically have it so that the the rear tires are as um, well balanced or the drivers enjoy them as much as the front tires. And they were talking afterwards about how uh, the reason why they want to solve for that is that some drivers have suffered more than others and the person they were referring to was Daniel Ricardo. They were basically mm. saying that with the change in the tires and the ways in which these cars move uh, many drivers like Hamilton for instance you know don't get enough credit for the amount for how adaptive they are and how they're able to like adapt to all the different types of driving and regulation and how the cars feel. Daniel Ricardo has not been able to figure out this these new tires and that was one of the things that they were trying to address. And I found that really interesting because it was it was kind of the most blunt and uh, straightforward response to what's been going on with Daniel Ricardo, and it was coming from basically a guy who you know just runs all the tire stuff. But he was able to speak to it. So I, 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 wow, I, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. I think um, if you are interested in going back, you should listen to that. It was a super interesting conversation, um, and yeah, he has just run afoul perhaps of of jumping one too many teams maybe and 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 cars and tires that just he wasn't able to um adapt his driving style to to figure out yeah it may have been you know one one um puzzle piece too many right like different different car okay i get my head around that but different car and different tires rough yeah um all right well uh we talked a lot about this last week and i wish rob was here uh, but we will get his uh, his notes uh, um, when he comes back. Uh, the FIA, uh, I, I guess just to reset here, um, noted that a couple of teams had uh, made infractions to the cost cap rules. Mm-hmm. And we were going to hear more about that, uh, I believe, Wednesday of last week, but they delayed it until uh, Monday of this week. Um, and they have announced that uh, Aston Martin infringed some procedural rules, uh, which is not a big deal, but Red Bull has made a minor F1 cost cap breach, and they define minor by uh, 5% uh, 
of the total cost cap. So the cost cap is $145 million that the teams are allowed to spend. 5% of that is $7,250,000. It's probably sandwiches, was it? Probably too many sandwiches. <laughs> that's, that's the rumor. Um, and just to put this into perspective, uh, and when I, when I do this, take with some grains of salt uh, who this is coming from, but uh, Ferrari team principal... Mattia Bonotto says $5 million is about half a second. Even $1 or $2 million is one or two tenths, which is about uh, from being second on the grid or being pole and maybe having the fastest car. Uh, Lewis Hamilton made reference to just $500,000 more development money being unlocked from Mercedes last year as enough to allow it to bring a new floor design, which could have lifted the pace of the car to potentially change the outcome of the title chase. This is from Autosport, by the way. Uh, Mercedes team principal Toto Wolf says we haven't produced lightweight car, par, uh, parts for the car in order to bring us down from a double digit overweight because we simply haven't got the money. So we need to do it for next year's car. We can't homologate a lightweight chassis and bring it in because it's just $2 million that will be over the cap. So you can see every spend has a performance advantage. Uh, a statement said the FIA cost cap administration is currently determining the appropriate course of action to be taken under the financial regulations with respect to Aston Martin and Red Bull, Red Bull, and further information will be communicated in compliance with the regulations. So that is the big question mark still hanging over this. Uh, the article points out that penalties, according to the regulations, can include a public rep reprimand a deduction of constructors and or drivers championship points, exclusion from events and limitations on aero tech uh, testing or a fine. So this is uh, the big question. Like we were saying last week, how much of a uh, penalty is applied? Because if you apply uh, too light a penalty, well then, Teams will just factor that into their spending like, oh, OK, well, we can actually spend five million, seven million dollars <laughs> over this and we'll just get a little slap on the wrist. No big deal. Uh, and if you are, I don't know if you're if you're too heavy handed with it. I mean, that could also have some some bad consequences, too. So, um, yeah, yeah, we we don't know yet. We don't know when we're going to know, but we uh, we will be following this very, very closely because it has strong implications about the future of the sport. Yeah, I suspect we won't have any changes to points um, from this, certainly not on the driver's side, championship side. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of leeway on this stuff because it's the first year of the cost cap stuff being sort of in the form, the final form of it. Um, yeah, I can see them getting a slap on the wrist and getting maybe some fines or maybe some, look, we're going to, we're going to look at your books real close for the next two or three years kind of thing. Um, I also like, I'm not like, I'm not the biggest Christian Horner Red Bull fan. I don't support any one team in F1, but you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to criticize Christian Horner, especially considering how much whining that guy does, especially last year with the cost cap stuff in particular, like geez Louise. And then he breaks the rules. Like, come on, people in glass houses and all that sort of stuff. But, um, this is the game a little bit like all of them are trying to find ways around the rules be it the budgets be it the car be it anything like that's they're, they're all trying to find a way to outsmart it without breaking the rules and when i hear wolf say like oh we could do this and that and that and it's like they've they, they're doing something else in some other part and they're hoping not to break the rules red bull obviously broke the rules so they they messed up and they slipped up but the idea that everyone else is holier than thou and red bull are the big bad wolves here and i'm not a red bull <laughs> right. fan or a christian horner fan but that's also a fantasy Matteo Bonato saying this you know maybe maybe five million is the is half a second when it's the first five million you spend but when it's the last five million i don't know if it's half a second like maybe maybe it's not actually um so yeah i don't i don't i don't know i i can see how it doesn't behoove f1 to find stuff but look they have to be with the amount of money that's in f1 they have to be procedurally accurate about this sort of stuff i know people like to put the tinfoil hats on and say oh well they they'll sweep it under the rug because it makes f1 look bad and i can see the argument for that sort of stuff but i do think that like when there's this much money involved the like sanctity of the sport is really really important um 
And I think I think the tractor makes it F1 look worse. Oh, 100 yeah the tractor makes them look incompetent and incompetence yeah. is worse for business than corruption um but but i hear what yeah but i think from a i prefer i care more about what the thing the outcome from that is but i do think because it's under five percent you know we don't know how far under five percent it is either um yeah it could be a million dollars it could be a million dollars it could be four it could be seven million dollars two hundred and forty nine thousand and ninety nine cents <laughs> yeah um we don't know but um yeah hopefully it's just it'll t- they'll tighten it up and you know uh, but i don't I, I can't see if, if you could already tell last week with the rumblings in the paddock that were coming out online that it wasn't as big a deal as we had um uh supposed maybe last week and i suspect the heat on that is just going to continue to diminish well it wasn't as big an infraction maybe as people yes, had expected that's true whether it's a big deal or not remains to be seen yeah we were saying if it was eight percent if it was eight percent or ten percent or something like that you're like oh they have to bring the hammer down but yeah yeah if it's not you know uh moving on to some sad news yeah. uh danny what's up with w series yeah uh, just a you know i think it's just okay just to get to the actual bones of it basically w series is at the end their season three races early because one of their major sponsors did not pay up and sponsors not paying up is something that many drivers are used to it's something that i i don't know for sure but i feel like it disproportionately is felt by female drivers in the world of motorsport and there are story after story after story about drivers not getting a seat or not getting into a certain thing or um there was a great poll from motors, uh, motorsport.com here uh, referencing a few of them simona de silvestre missed out on a cyber f1 drive because she couldn't get funding tatiana calderon's indycar drive just evaporated due to a backer being unable to pay as w series a driver powell once put it dripping with inflection her extended career break was caused by a shortage of one thing and i didn't run out of talent um, the fact that W Series loses a sponsor and they can't finish is one thing. The fact that nobody came in to fix this is another. And I think that's the, the red flag that gets waved for me in this respect, is that motorsport is dripping with money right now. And Formula One is. And there are sponsors out there, and if there was a will, there would have been a way. And for some reason... Once again, like those women we just referred to there, um, nobody was able to, even in this moment where they were like publicly talking about it for the past few weeks about we need a sponsor. Imagine that. Imagine like being able to come in and save the the women's driving league that is like, you know, people are enjoying and has done way better than people thought it would and all that sort of stuff. And nobody came. I think it's just like, to me... It is it is more a reflection on the barriers that women's motorsport clearly face than it is a, a a sort of a reflection of W Series itself. I think there's definitely a conversation to be had about the fact that they have basically crowned Jamie Chadwick a third world champion. You know, she basically won by default. I mean, she was fifty points ahead. I think she was. You know, she was running away with it really. Um, Again. Again. Um, and, you know, there are two sides to that coin. There is the, you know, where does she go next question. And then there is the, you know, maybe you need to get her out of there so that you can highlight other people um, uh, question as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, 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 the W Series problems, you can just see that they, that there's no one problem that this series um, it's almost a miracle that it exists and it's almost a miracle that it's continued to exist and that it's given us good racing because it just seems like a nightmare trying to run this thing. Um, yeah, and and it can't fix the procedural, it can't fix the, the you know, the I, I, I think it would be rich to assume that like somebody like Jamie Chadwick goes into F1. I think W Series fills a gap in, it basically like creates a new tier where many of these drivers would have retired or like left competitive open wheel racing but it's yeah. n- it's not quite the bridge to it, certainly not to F1 I think that I cuz obviously it's more comparable to something like F3 and we don't often see drivers making that leap um 
But the fact that it also doesn't seem to be getting these drivers into other fields, like mentioning stuff like uh, like like test driving for F one teams or 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 Indy or whatever, is um is also a little bit worrying. Yeah, I'm trying to come up with a, 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 an analogy or a, um, <clears throat> a metaphor here, but it's like before W Series, if you had a ladder and the bottom half of the rungs were gone. You know, yeah, right. the W series feels like it placed the first two or three rungs, but there was still a big gap. Yeah. And I think that's what they're running into right now. I can see why, like, I love the W series. They, you're right. They produce some great racing and I think it's a, they are really accomplishing their goal of getting, um, eyeballs on and, uh, showcasing talent, but I can understand why they might be having trouble because you have had a incredibly dominant champion, Jamie Chadwick. This is her third uh, in, I think as many champ. she's won all the championships. Mm. Um, she uh, is incredibly uh, uh, media trained. She's great on camera, right? Um, she's got everything you could want. And yet she still can't get a drive anywhere else uh, that, you know, she gets a, uh, um, uh, the the champion and uh, the um, the finishers, I think the top ten get uh, uh, cash prizes, right? Um, and it's that's it's great, but it's not enough to you know buy a seat in um, you know in Formula Two or uh, an IndyCar, uh, and so yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly. And we're it, talking, it, I, you know, and I'm not saying like the, the the experiment has failed. It's just that these things take time. And I hope that it gets time to prove itself. And it it feels like uh, it's in danger of not being able to do that. Yeah, WCS was never meant to like fix the <laughs> fix the problems for all female drivers in open wheel racing. That's too big. It, this it's 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 the culture is the problem. Society is is the the thing that needs to adapt and change. And W Series is a tool to do that. And what it needs, though, is is the rest of the apparatus around uh, uh, open wheel racing to change with it. It is a it is a it is is pointing in a direction, and it ne- it hopes and needs mentalities to change. And like, look, we've been doing this podcast for ten years. The uh, the the demographical change in F one over the past five has been remarkable, especially here in the states. It's it's yeah. been it came out of nowhere. I think as well. I didn't see it coming before that. Um, I could see younger people getting in, but obviously Drive to Survive has been a big part of that. W Series um, is part of the wider sea change. And people, remember when this whole thing started years ago, you know, there was plenty of people, you know, who who thought this was a bad idea. Um, But I think the thing that like shocks me about this, because all the, everything else notwithstanding, we've talked about the Jamie Chadwick stuff. We've talked about, you know, the, the gap and, and all that sort of stuff. The thing that really just like makes me go, huh, is like for like open racing doesn't care or like people don't really care is when there was a bill to pay because somebody messed up, not on the W Series side, a sponsor pulled out and that happens sometimes and it sucks. When that happens, nobody came. And I think that is, that exposes to me the sort of um, hypocrisy of of people, you know, shouting the praises of W Series was that in yep. in the in their moment of need, none of the people with all those big wallets uh, across this entire thing, you know, they race at F one race, they race at F one weekends. Nobody was able to come and answer the call, and I think to me that just it shows probably what all those women already know and what all those people involved in W Series already know, which is that there's a lot of people talking the talk but not walking the walk and paying up and 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 investing in this thing and that's you know after years of this series that's sad that sucks man yeah well uh let's run down the driver standings here after the japanese round max verstappen world champion for 2022 with 366 points in second place that fight is still on because perez has 253 points to leclerc's 252 Ooh. they are one point away uh, George Russell is in fourth, 207. Carlos Sainz is in fifth with 202. Then we've got Hamilton in sixth with 180. Norris is in seventh with 101. 
Esteban Ocon in 8th place with 78. Alonso's got 65. And in 10th place is Botas with 46. Still impressed by that. Yeah. Uh, Sebastian Vettel's in 11th with 32, thanks to his uh, finish this weekend. Uh, Ricardo has 29 points. Gasly has 23. Magnussen has 22. You know, Magnussen just turned 30. He, yeah, I, I, he looks older to me. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't like. I don't like that at all. Yeah. I think I'm older uh, than Perez. Th- Isn't Perez like 35 or something? I think Perez yeah. is like stupid young. I think the only ones older than us are Hamilton, Alonso, and Vettel. He's 32. Sergio oh, Perez is 32. Boy. I always forget. I always. You're. Are you younger than me? I always feel like you're older than me. I always forget this. Uh, I think I'm like a month or two younger than younger you. than yeah you oh, you're you're so I always say this you're so well like mentally put together in a way that I aspire to and I'm like oh he must be like four years older than me and then I was like no he's younger than you shit shit <laughs> uh, Vanel is in 11th place with 32 points Ricardo is in 12th with 29 then we've got Gasly with 23 Magnuson with 22 Stroll in 15th with 13 Schumacher's got 12 Sunoda has 11. Joe has six. Albon has four. In 20th place, Nicholas Latifi with two <laughs> points. Pow, 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 pow. Tied with Nick DeVries. <laughs> and in 22nd place, Nico Hulkenberg with zero. Take that, Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, Back to the Microsoft <laughs> store with you. Actually, yeah. Does that mean he's not coming next year? No, I guess he could still. He could be Williams. Yeah, he could be. Could be Haas. Uh, in the Constructors Championship, Red Bull Racing has not secured the Constructors yet. Um... They uh, have uh, 619 points. They are in first place. Uh, Ferrari is in second place with 454 points. And Mercedes in third with 387. Uh, Alpine has 143 points in fourth place. McLaren is in fifth place with 130 points. Alfa Romeo has 52. Uh, Aston Martin has 45. Thank you, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Gene Haas and team have 34 points. Tied with Alpha Tauri. Boy. That's a fall from grace. Yeah. Uh, and Williams is in 10th with eight. If you would like to join uh, your own standings, uh, you can do so with our uh, F1 Fantasy League. Here are Here is the podium from uh, Japan. Uh, it is a three-way tie with, I believe, two of those teams... Owned by the same person. Oh, wow. John S. from Canada. The team's What's the Racing Point? <laughs> and Taking a Stroll. Very good. Uh, tied with James's team from America, Maximum F. Vert. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, Maximum F. Vert is also in second place overall. By the way, I finally figured out a way to see the entire team name. Oh, yeah. On the F1. You have to minimize, you have to squeeze the size of the window horizontally until all of the HTML elements like close up. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Squeeze the the lemon to get the juice out of the browser. (laughs) Uh, Danny, so it's Maximum F Vert. Danny wears Lina. Or Iaina. I think it's Lina. Don't know what that means. Uh, in third place from the Netherlands, Guillermo's team, La Guntheretta. La Guntheretta. Sounds like uh, a dance that Gunther Steiner would do. <laughs> it does, yeah. Uh, but in first place overall from Canada, Michael's team, Leo Speed. Leo Speed. Yes. Uh, you can also send us an email if you'd like at shift one podcast at gmail.com or f1.cool slash emails. You can also hit us up on Twitter at shift F1 podcast. I'm at Drew Scanlon. Danny O'Dwyer is at Danny O'Dwyer and Rob Zachney is at Rob Zachney. That's us around the internet. Should we take it around the world, Danny? Let's race around the way. Not a whole lot. Oh, of okay. Racing this weekend, but, uh, the series oh. is, are uh are holding it down here we got the xfinity series uh they are in the las mogas las mogas las vegas motor speedway <laughs> las vegas vogar speedway uh in las vegas nevada for the nevada, nevada. did you say wow. nevada nevada what is wrong nevada for the alsco <laughs> uniforms 302 yeah. uh we've also got moto gp uh they're at phillip island Ooh. 
in uh, Australia for the Australian Motorcycle Grand Prix. Good name for it. <laughs> Sponsor pulled out. <laughs> and we got NASCAR. Oh my! We are also at uh, Philip Island. <laughs> Vos Megas Loader Speedway <laughs> for the South Point. 400 south point so what's that probably a casino or something probably or health insurance or i don't know south point south point is a hotel in las vegas according to google or alta vista i like to use alta vista (laughs) (laughs) old school uh yes we will be back again uh next week for the pre-race for the united states grand prix yeah hey shout out to everyone going we've had loads of emails people going have a have a blast send us your pictures at shift f1 podcast or whatever our twitter thing is (laughs) that's right yep um final thoughts danny uh after suzuka uh crazy race they need to figure out the truck thing. I hate this. I hate this. I don't. Yep. I don't want to yep. be worried about that. I don't want the drivers to be worried about it. Uh, and congratulations to Max Verstappen, championship winning. You know, say what you want about. You know, we can't if if we're going to put asterisks on on him winning this because the red one's been so dominant, or people have been like, oh, you didn't have to race it or whatever. Then they have to do the same for basically half of like all of Formula One championships. He's done well. Yeah. He's he's been cool under pressure. He's driven the socks off that car he has oftentimes held people back really far behind him the times where it's been close he has fought Leclerc tooth and nail and if you're talked to like Charles about it like what I love about Leclerc is how, how honest he is he's like yeah I'm just I've not been good enough I've made too many mistakes I'm I'm not at the level Max is um Max is the best driver on the field at the moment and uh I'm glad uh for him that you know he's had another championship and Maybe one that was a little bit less roll of the dicey in the end. In the end, not to negate his, his championship last year. So, yeah, funny, Certainly. weird season, this one. Um, hopefully the last few races will be, be a bit of fun, too. Yep, fingers crossed. Uh, if you would like to support the show and get access to all of our bonus episodes and the official Shift F1 Discord, you can do so over at patreon.com slash Shift F1. Have a good race weekend, everyone. We will see you all next week. Meow. <laughs>